Let us pray. May only God's word be spoken. May only God's word be heard. Amen. Please be seated. Our first reading today comes from the book of Genesis. We heard a reading from Genesis last week as well. Both of these readings come from the story of Sarah and Abraham, a part of Genesis that begins in chapter 12 and continues on for a few chapters beyond today's reading. One of the ways to read the story of Abraham and Sarah is as a story about trust. Abraham and Sarah show great trust in God at the start of their story when they leave behind their family and their home on a wild promise that they will become the ancestors of a great nation. But the rest of the story can be seen as exploring the question of God's faithfulness to them. For in chapter after chapter, this promise fails to materialize. Sarah and Abraham cry out to God, and God keeps on assuring them that it will come to pass. At one point in chapter 15, God tells them to look up at the night sky and try and count the stars. You have more descendants than that, God proclaims. We might not quite grasp the immensity of what God is saying here when we look up at our own night sky. It's a little too much light around us here in the city to see very many stars. But this past week, I was on a mini pilgrimage with some of the youth of the parish and their leaders. We were out in central Oregon, and so one night we went out into the middle of the desert where there was no light pollution. We were able to see the night sky in all of its glory, to see all the stars, to see, catch a few meteors falling, and to glimpse and gaze at that Milky Way, that great blob of stars that is the disk of our galaxy. As I stared in awe at the stars, I thought about this promise that God made to Sarah and Abraham that must have been so remarkable to them. This storyline about God's trustworthiness and the promise of descendants continued last week in the story we heard about the three visitors and Sarah laughing. And it will continue in the coming chapters. Through this story and all of its fits and starts, we learn with Abraham and Sarah that God is trustworthy, that God will be faithful to them and to us. God's faithfulness might not always look like we want it to. We might even laugh at the way it comes about. But God is faithful. Today's first reading from Genesis is not about that promise per se, but it can still be understood as a story about learning to trust in God. Rowan Williams, the theologian and former Archbishop of Canterbury, argues that as Abraham haggles with God in this story, Abraham is learning bit by bit, with each bargain lowering that number, that God really is trustworthy to be merciful and just. God is faithful to God's promises, not just in the matter of that particular and personal promise to Sarah and Abraham, but also in these weightier matters of justice and righteousness. God is trustworthy. 
trust seems to be in short supply these days. Survey after survey shows that people have been losing trust in the institutions of our society for decades, government, business, nonprofits, and yes, even churches. I am not here to defend these institutions. In many cases, these institutions have absolutely done things to lose people's trust, and they need to do things to rebuild trust. But I do worry about the impact on our ability to trust in general and the implications of that. For surveys also indicate that we do not trust each other as much as we used to either. We do not trust our neighbors as much as we once did. And how does that general distrust impact our ability to trust in God? Have we lost the ability to trust in general? This pandemic certainly has not helped as it has tried its hardest to draw us away from one another, to make us see each other as a threat. Trust is critically important to our lives and to our faith. Trust is the sun around which faith, hope, and love orbit. To have these three great virtues, these three great gifts, requires us at some level to be able to trust, to trust in God and to trust in each other. If you want to realize that prayer that Jesus teaches us in the gospel today, thy kingdom come, will require us to trust. I do not have answers. I only have questions. How can we practice trusting one another? How can we deepen our trust in God? Or maybe for some of us, how can we learn to trust God again? The story of Sarah and Abraham show us that trust is not built by avoiding questions and just wishing it to be so, and magically it will be. But in learning bit by bit, sometimes through those very questions, sometimes in really tough questions that need to be asked in order to see that someone is trustworthy. Sarah and Abraham learned about God's trustworthiness, and so did Moses and all of God's people out there in the wilderness for those 40 years. Ruth learned to trust in God through Naomi and Boaz. David learned to trust God when facing lions and giants and friends. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He's supposed to have written at one point after he figured this out. Mary learned to trust in God as she pondered each little incident of her son's childhood in her heart. Jesus learned to trust in God when he went out in the wilderness for those 40 days of temptation, a trust that laid the necessary foundation for his journey to the cross. It is almost as if we have to learn how to trust in each generation. Trust is not a given, but something to be worked out bit by bit, like Abraham and Sarah did. We must discover as they discovered that God is truly faithful. God is truly trustworthy. Amen.